Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So-So, in case you ain't no so And welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So-So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, 3-0 Fight Night was a success with some unexpected victories. The Heat get two big victories against potential playoff opponents. And the Panthers win two straight after losing three at home. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go! Ready like Freddy, it's gonna come like a nah. That's why I, that's why I turned it off. Dog. I know as soon as you hear that instrumental, you get inspired to start spitting bars, and that's something we got, gotta keep. We gotta people. stay away from that. Why? Because they can't get it for free. They gotta no, pay. They for gotta those. pay for that. What's up, no so? bars. what's up, fellas? What up, Jess? Jesse, what's going on, brother? Good. Thank you for having back me. in the building, dog. What's up, my man? Everything good? Good. All right. Good. I feel like we were just here. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, we were just here. We were just here like less than 72 hours ago, man. Different circumstances. Well, a lot Very less yeah. alcoholic beverages, right? <laughs> Much more clear thinking. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't even looked at the footage yet from Saturday night. It's going to be curious. epic. I'm curious. Be I'm, epic. I'm curious to see how we looked at the end. Thank there. you to everybody who joined us on the Instagram live. Uh, we appreciate it. We saw you guys with the comments and showing the little hearts and all that stuff. I hope you guys enjoyed the fights like we did, right? Because we had a head of a time here. Um, we had a little watch party for those who, of you guys who didn't tune in. Uh, we had our 3-0 fight night where it was pretty much Miami-themed and we were getting ready to watch UFC 272, um, Jorge Masvidal versus Kobe Covington. And honestly, fellas, the whole card from beginning to end, even with the prelims, were really good, man. We saw a lot of action, right? We saw a lot of names and guys that, you know, um, aren't necessarily big names right now, but they definitely have a little following. They're bringing out that constant production in the in the octagon, and overall, it was a really good night for MMA, man. Absolutely. I don't know what, what no, you guys thought. I mean, we say it every week, every time that we cover a UFC, you know, event. Dana White puts out the best product right now in like major sports as far as the consistency, you know, because it, I mean, even the NFL, you can have some games sometimes where you're like, you know, damn, you know, this this game kind of sucked or that game, you know, all right, this game was better. Oh, the but Cardinals like, are, uh, the Rams are playing Cardinals. I'll watch that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. the Browns are playing um, whoever the, the, Col- not nah, the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I'm not watching that. Yeah, dog. So like we we say it, this is one of the best products out there. It's like watching golf on a Sunday. Like if you watch golf this past Sunday, which we might get a little into that later. We might. We might. But, um, you know, it's exciting. And, and, and every time you know what you're going to get, you're going to get um, you're going to get surprises. You're going to get some, you know, really high level, really athletic guys uh, going at it. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of camaraderie there. There's also bad blood there. Um, but week in and week out, man, there's there's not a bad UFC event, man. And this was just another great one in the record books. You know what I mean? Yeah, Joe. And you mentioned like consistency, man. And one thing that I love about what Dana White's been doing is putting together a bunch of prospects that are going to be against other prospects. Mm-hmm. And then that's what's creating a lot of the stars. That's kind of the formula that they're using to to you know bring these big athlete names into the into the scene. So another one is uh Patty uh we got Patty Caddy. Patty O'Hulan. Yeah, O'Hulan. <laughs> so you know look that guy had one fight and you know he's making more money in his next fight still fighting an unranked opponent more than probably a lot of the top 10 guys and right? more pub, right? And so he has a lot of a lot of push behind him and I think that's the formula that they're trying to kind of put together. Hey, we got this big undefeated prospect, this other undefeated prospect, we're going to put them together and see, you know, what happens. So they're doing that on a on a lower level scale in terms of, you know, guys that are really low on the bottom in in the rankings and then they're also doing it at the guys that are at the cusp of breaking the top 15. To, to your point, sure. uh, th- that's what we see in the prelims, right? So like mm-hmm. you got your main card for the the casual UFC fan, right? That it's like, yeah, I know the main guys fighting and I'll watch the main card cuz you know we're we're already here in front of the TV why not right but for guys like us that we we like UFC a little bit more than you know the the, the casual viewer the prelims is where it's at you know I know you're a big prelim guy cuz you, you yeah. usually tell me like dude this guy this guy this kind of prelims you know what I mean they just killed it look up be on the lookout for them and then like a couple months later they're in significant fights down the road and that's what we had in this one we had some really good prelim fights in this past UFC absolutely you mentioned it. um like f- f- the the last fight which was the main event I guess of the prelims was Jalen Turner and that guy has a lot of hype and when we watched the fight it was like well let's see if we if this young guy can really not necessarily live up to the hype right because we know that he's talented but like 
how is he going to deal with putting on a performance, right? And this dude went out there and finished this guy in the second round. For, you know what I mean? A good opponent, knocked him out, and made himself look even better. Now he's looking like he can break into the rankings after his next fight and possibly, like Jesse said, fight somebody with a little bit more to lose, right? A little bit closer to the rankings or somebody who's trying to break into the rankings just like himself, and he can find himself in there, man. Yeah, that's very well said. And, I, and you know, you had other guys in the car, too, that I know. I think we all missed it as a group. Uh, but I went back and rewatched one of the fights. And, and one of the fights that stood out in the prelims was Islam. Well, not Islam, uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, and, that one. And, uh, Khabib man, in the corner in the prelims, bro. Goodness, man. These guys are built different. Like, Whatever they're, they're just, doing, training over there, dog, is, is definitely working, regardless of weight class or whatever, because those guys are really, really good when it comes to ground game and submissions, bro. Oh, they're, they're copies of each other. They coming really out, are. Coming man. out of the tunnel, he had Khabib walking behind him, and he had the... The, the big hat, the cat, hat, the hat, the furry the Russian hat, hat. Yeah, yeah, that Khabib would always wear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was the same setup, and like just that look in his eye, and just the fa- like he. I guess going in there, bro. Wouldn't you have if you're a fighter at a high level like that? Wouldn't you have the utmost confidence knowing yeah. who's walking behind you and guiding you in the ring? Yeah, and literally passing down the Russian hat. No, for not Crazy. only that, dog, but like think about it in, the, in terms of the fighting, right? Where you know that when you go to train with him, not only are you training with possibly one of the greatest that has ever done it. Everybody that's in there is also a killer or trying to get to that level. So the dudes that you're going to be training with day in, day out, those are the guys that are going to make you better. Because like the old saying says, you know, steel, sharp and steel. And when you're in a room full of killers, it's just natural to be another one of those killers within that room and, and keep building on that. Yeah, man. One one more thing, too, on that. Um, one thing I love about those guys is that when they're one guy is cutting weight, they're all cutting weight. Yeah. And if you got effort. one guy that has a fight that week everybody's on that training camp and i think that that pushes them like i got my whole team support here i don't have just my coach my striking coach my conditioning guy my strength guy we're all going i got my it. whole family here you know couldn't right. wait with me in the hotel wrapped up in you know sheets and turning off the the ac in the hotel and that's the way that they those guys cut weight um but like we said dana white has a formula you know prospect per versus prospect is going to give them you know an end result and i feel like that team has put together a formula and that formula is a winning formula oh yeah it's working dog and and again all you can do is point to the results okay another first round submission for another one of uh, Khabib's guys and if if things keep going the same way as they've been heading in that direction for that team they're gonna be like either on top of the UFC or like his own uh, MMA brand is gonna really take off because the fights are gonna be made there. You want the best fights, you're gonna have to go fight Khabib's guys. You know what I mean? Um, a special fight that we didn't get to witness that much live was the the lady fighting from the Ukraine. Man, um, I think her name is Maira, or I don't want to say her name, but it's like Marina, Marina uh, Moros. Uh, she got the victory on the first fight of the undercard, and obviously it was very nice to see somebody who's definitely going through a lot personally, right, to overcome all of that and go out there and put a good performance, got an arm triangle in the second round, and uh, really looks to market herself to be a, a, a top headliner in the UFC. And um, I don't know about you guys, man, but it was really nice to see somebody get a victory like that with so much pressure on them, right? Because, man, fighting for your country no, with all this stuff going on. That's huge, man. It's huge. I mean, she might, you know, be over here dealing with a training camp and, you know, and one fight, one person specifically, but I'm sure mentally she was feeling... Feeling like the, you know she has the weight on of the world on her shoulders, Absolutely. so to speak. You know, with with everything going on back home and stuff like that. So that I mean, that was huge. Um, and it's An nice, it's nice victory. to see different female fighters. Man, yeah, we're used to bro. the same female fighters out there. Your Amanda Nunes, your you know Holly Holmes, or you know um, Juliana Pena, or who you know those are formidable opponents and they're great fighters. But it's nice to see new. There's so many good female athletes out there, dog. Absolutely. And the fact that we don't get to see enough of them. It's not that Dana White doesn't showcase them. It's a numbers game. There's way more male fighters than female. <laughs> So anytime we see like a good like you know male I mean sorry female matchup and and a good fight like this, it's always good to see that. Yeah, and we, and we saw a couple of good female fights, right? Like we didn't touch on the uh, Rodriguez versus Shionan uh, fight. Um, we had talked about it just because oh, yeah. we watched that one together pretty much, yep. and it was nice for for Rodriguez because those those ladies really went to war and it was a slugfest. And um, Rodriguez ultimately got the win, but it's like Joel was alluding to. It's nice to see fresh blood in there in the women's division to be like, damn, this this woman can. Really Really be a contender and and might have something to offer here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And I think uh, I think the UFC is doing a good job there, though. They're, what they're doing is that they've bought out a lot of the smaller, uh, you know, 
leagues. I guess like smaller leagues that are focused only on women, like uh, Invicta and FC. And there's a couple other ones that that have you know male and female com- competing on the cards. But what I really like is that he's really trying to build the weight class so that there's enough talent. Because what happens is if you don't have enough talent, there's one person that goes on a streak. And nobody cares about anybody else. So you have to have a big talent pool. You got to have 50 to 60 people. And I think a lot of those, um, you know, bantam weights, uh, atom weights, they're finding their weight class still, even 10 years after Ronda Rousey started that, you know, that 10 years ago, that season. And so I think um, they're taking their time to build the weight class. Um, I think the talent is there and we're starting to get there, but uh, I think they're de- definitely doing what they need to do to get it there. For sure. I, I would agree with you 100%. I think Joel would too because we can just see it in the pool that are in the division, right? And, and like you talked about, um, when Rousey was the champion, it was just pretty much her and nobody really to contend her, right? And then we saw the emergence of the world's greatest fighter right now, right? Which is Amanda Nunes. And we saw her early and on. Early in her career, once she beat the people who were champions, it was pretty easy for her for like a couple of years where she was facing people who weren't, I don't know if they were ready to fight a champion or to be on that stage, but you could tell that the talent pool wasn't as deep. There was a gap there. And now I, we can see that that gap is definitely closing in, right? So that means that the talent is definitely getting better. And um, we saw that also in the main card, right? Uh, the first fight of the of the main card was Greg Hardy fighting um, Stefan uh, Spivak. I'm just going to say... Called it. <laughs> called it. Tell bro. the people what you called. No, nah, I mean, if you guys tuned into our live uh, on Saturday, um, then you would have heard us saying collectively that if Greg Hardy didn't win this fight, he was pretty much done. Mm-hmm. He's toast. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you guys were giving him a little bit more credit. Uh, you know, like, hey, man, he's still in there for a reason. He's been in some of these big fights and stuff like that for a reason. There's always a chance. But I knew he had no chance going into this guy's not a fighter, man. We've seen it since day one. He's he's a fighter. He's a brawler, right? right? A street guy, but he's not a, a high level professional for the UFC. There's no way. He might go do something in Bellator, like you were saying. I remember after the fight, he's like, "You better go cash a paycheck in Bellator or something." Mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't even think of that. Like that's obviously a good solution for his career path, and he can still keep fighting if he wants to, but. I don't think he should, man. He's going to take way too much damage. He he doesn't really have it in him to be a high level fighter, and we saw it in this fight, man. There are so many levels to mixed martial arts. It's incredible. I mean, you can see him. He has the power. He's you know his technique has progressed in the last five years since he started with the UFC. He started in the UFC, and so his whole entire record's been in the UFC. There's not a lot of people right. that have that unique, uh, you know, I guess resume. But I think that he should. I think he's going to get another fight in the UFC. I think Dana White likes him. I think I told you guys on Saturday that the reason why they're going to keep him in the UFC is because he taps, he untaps this market of people that like college football. That hey, this guy's fighting. He's a fighter. Like damn, I like him. And some people don't like him. But there's no such thing. There's no such thing as bad PR. And so people want to watch him fight. I think they'll give him a smaller, shorter contract, and they're kind of like a here's your last lifeline. Sell us some more pay-per-views. He's only been on main card pay-per-views. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, think about no, that. And he, like, sells the, he sells he the sells. entrance of the fight. No, the, for sure. Kick off. And not just that. I, I'll give you that. But the other thing is, I, I where I totally understand is, there's not a whole lot of people in that division, bro. That's also true. There's, there's slim pickings there. So that would make that make a lot more sense for me if they do give him another contract. But I don't think he does that draw, dog, but honestly. He, he, I don't think well, he's a draw. I, I would agree with Jesse here because the name itself, he's Greg Hardy. Maybe right? he has that clout. He has a little media, bit of clout where people from, can say, From Cornel, being a scumbag wasn't football that, player. Wasn't that that scumbag from the Cowboys? Bro, he's still in the UFC. This is crazy. Let's watch this guy get knocked out. And we saw it, right? That's yeah. exactly yeah. how it happened. Yeah. Last three exactly. fights. That's exactly yeah. how it happened. We were like, Konya, Greg Hardy's on this card? Fuck it, let's watch it. Boom, there's the knockout and Greg Hardy's out. You know, and Sergey was giving up 20 pounds to Hardy. You know, Hardy weighed in at 265, actually was 295 and had to cut to cut 265. Down. Incredible. Which is crazy in itself for a heavyweight to be like that, dude. But, yeah, man, I, he's going to get a lifeline, right, because he does sell but if you, he's definitely become. I, I wouldn't even call him a gatekeeper, right? I would call him more of like a no, just a shot. guy. You're no, a guy. No, no. You're a guy in the in the in the heavyweight class. Man, I'll make a prediction, or I guess more of a. You know, I hope it kind of goes through. I would like to see Greg Hardy face Ben Rothwell mm. because Ben Rothwell lost a bunch of fights. He did. They gave him one more chance. He won on a four fight win streak, and then you got Hardy on the way down. That's lost three in a row. So essentially you're going to have Ben Rothwell play the gatekeeper. And it's like, if you could get through that 
gigantic human being <laughs> that has a, a ton of dog. technique and a ton of heart. That dude is a lion. Yeah. If you can get through him, you deserve an extension in your contract. And uh, that'll be a cool, fun fight to see if the power matches the, you know, the experience and the technique. You know, I think that's Let's a see. good, that, that'll give us the answer, at, at least as a fan for me. Yeah, for sure. I'll give you that. That'd be dope. That, for sure. And one thing we know is that Sergey did impress, right? And um, he definitely looks like he can get another shot on another pay-per-view. And, and, and like Joel said, just the fact that he's a heavyweight, he's going to be able to fight more often because there's not too many guys out there fighting in that heavyweight division right now. The the fight that was actually pretty, one of the most exciting fights of the evening was the Kevin Holland versus Alex Oliveira fight, man. Bro, I'm still upset. <laughs> I'm still upset. So for you, li- for you all listening, out yes, there, I'm hosting. Yes. We're hosting. This is, my, this is my place, and we're hosting here, and we're watching the fights outside. And in between rounds, I come inside to grab something, and before I get the chance to return, both these guys walk back in, and they're just shaking their heads, and I'm like, "It's fights over." over and, and they were like, "Yep," and I'm like, fights "Who won? Over. Was it the guy I was thinking?" And you're like, "Nope," <laughs> but. Yeah. Great fight. It was a great <laughs> fight, man. And, you know, Jesse and I were in front of the TV for that one um, while Joel was being a great host. Um, gracious. Gracious and a great host. But the cool thing that we saw in that fight, Jess, was that, like, Alex really came out to fight, you know? And he really knew that Holland was dangerous, that Kevin was dangerous, and that he could essentially put his lights out at any given moment, right? So he, he didn't want to be too precautious to give Kevin time to set up punches and figure out his game plan. But he went in there to to win the fight, and we saw him win the first round in dominating fashion. Both of you had it. Yes. Both you and I had a ten eight round for Alex, you know, against Kevin because he dominated it. He took it to the ground, landed more strikes. Um, actually, tried to submission him, uh, submit him in the last 10, 15 seconds of the of the round. Even though Kevin was okay, he wasn't ne- nowhere in danger. But it was just interesting to see that first round come out like that, right? Complete. Dominance in terms in terms of you know grappling transitions in terms of striking takedowns. I mean, he just manhandled him for you know five minutes. Straight up, um, incredible round, uh, an incredible turn of events in the first thirty seconds of the second round. Yo, we we literally saw a change in Kevin's personality because you could tell that he was like. When Oliveira had him on the floor and he was, you know, attempting to to submit him, he's looking at his corner, Kevin, and he's like, "I'm okay." And you could tell that right. it's not like a "I'm okay," like I'm worried. No, you're it's, under you're under saying that. I'm like, it's, pissed you're the hell that. off because okay. it was it was more of a it was more of like a taunt without Oliveira even knowing it. Like he was getting trying to get it in position and choking, but you could see him putting all his energy in it. Yeah, and Kevin just looked at his corner. He was like. I got this, guys. Give him the double thumbs up. And it was it came, it came one of the moments of the night for but, the fight. For sure. But let me tell you, when he got up, you could tell that he got to his corner pissed off. He was pissed off. He was like, bro, I can't believe this dude tried that on me. I can't believe this guy punched me like that. Like, I can't believe this is how this fight started. And I'm going to do something about it right now. The coaches were talking to him. He was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's death staring Alex, dog. Death staring him. Boom. Round starts. And it's like Jesse said. In those 30 seconds, it was a complete... Um, 180, and Kevin just came out and manhandled him, started laying on some blows uh, on his head and really hit him hard as hell one time, straight in the temple, and we saw, like, Alex kind of stumble a little bit, and then once Kevin saw it, he was like, it's go time. Hit him a couple of more times, got him on the ground, and just ground-pounded him into a finish in the second round with some elbows, which were really nasty elbows, man. Again, it just shows that he can turn that killer ability, like, this like a switch right turn it right on and go out there and perform and really get himself out of a bad spot because if things had kept going the same way Oliveira probably would have tired him out and got a submission or at least won the fight right absolutely not like you said you said it best man the the face of you know the disappointment in in Kevin Holland's face in yeah, the beginning bro. of that second round you can tell that it's this is the round where I'm gonna get knocked out or I'm gonna knock him out that's it he knew that he needed to win the next two rounds and I don't think he wanted to go on that journey I felt like he wanted to you can see it like I'm coming for you and you better you know you better put your shit together because mm-hmm. it's gonna be tough but um I think that it's pretty tough for uh, a guy like Oliveira to come back after getting hit the way that Holland got hit. Because Holland got hit, and he's a bigger guy that cuts down weight to make that weight class. And then you had Oliveira going up in weight to kind of meet him there in a different weight mm-hmm. class, not his weight class, 
Uh, he, you know, obviously when you move up in weight, you, you lose a little bit of something. You either lose a little bit of cardio or you lose a little bit of strength. Or speed. If you're in, you know, if you're in really good shape, you might not lose something. You might just be athletically gifted. Um, but I think that it was going to be hard for him to recover from that one shot you stated because yep. we both know he got, he got hit and he had that look in the, in his face where it's, you know, it's a wrap. Like right. you, you can't take not one more. And he took, and he took, he took like at least six more before he took the elbows that ultimately ended the fight. And thank God the ref stopped it because it could have ended up really bad. Right. Because he was in a really uh, vulnerable position. It was crazy. Um, and again, I, I, just real quick, what, what do you guys think is next for Holland? Right. He's in that welterweight division where there's a lot of guys trying to vibe for that top five, top 10. Trying to get to Usman, trying to get to a Kobe, trying to get to a Jorge. Do you think this guy is like potentially next in line? Does he fight like a Darren Till? Does he fight, you know, uh, a Leon Edwards if he gets healthy? Like, what's next? Nah, man. I like that. Darren Till. Right? I like that. I Why think not? that's a perfect fight for him. I, I think I, that's a perfect fight for him in that weight class. You got a bigger guy cutting down. You know, Darren Till's a gigantic big guy dude. that cuts to big 170. Dude. Big dude. He's a 185 now. He that should be his good weight. And so there's a lot of talent there, but the heart and tenacity of you know Kevin Holland, man. Man, I, I, he might be the real deal, Holyfield. You know what I mean? And he's entertaining. That and, sound that sounds like a plan if it happens. But if he doesn't, I really want to see him fight Greg Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> heavyweight No I just Greg Hardy To cut down a light No dude no Let him I be a heavyweight Greg Hardy to cut down A 205 No dude Do it and fight Kevin No I gonna meet him At 205 No dude No You know what would be cool If they did it like Like UFC 1 rules Right yeah, yeah, It was yeah, like yeah. Alright we're gonna Whatever throw in Kevin Holland No weight class Holland versus Greg Hardy And I'm sure Greg Hardy Still probably get knocked out <laughs> Joel's trying to I'm turn sure. Greg Hardy into a Freaking wide receiver Over here bro <laughs> Nah man It's just so funny How like Guy has a glass chin What can oh, I say Oh man, man. What can I say? Um, two guys who don't have glass chins, right? And, and these guys went to war in the third fight of the evening. That was Edson Barbosa versus Brian Mitchell, man. And we all got to see that fight, right, Joel? And I mean, I, I remember <laughs> Thank, parts, and parts good, of it. Good. Um, good enough. I remember Barbosa losing after yeah. I predicted he was going to win. Yeah. But, bro, what a too. show out for Mitchell, dog. dog. I mean, the kid had an amazing fight against... Of a seasoned veteran like uh, like Barboza, dude. I think Barboza's done, but hello, Bryce Mitchell. Just possibly, like, uh, obviously, Barboza is going to be in the Hall of Fame one day, right? Because his career yeah. yes. has been there. He's been to the top, he's been to the bottom, then back up to the top. like. And in the fashion, highlight real knockouts. Exactly. Almost all the way through. No, oh, I got lucky, or this guy was on coming off a two loss or something. No, dude was fighting killers and knocking them out. But... It was just so impressive to see how Byron Mitchell came out to win that fight, man. And we were crying, like trying to figure out what his game plan was going to be just right. And when we saw the first round, it was like, damn, he's going to try to out-wrestle Barbosa and really negate his power. And he was able to do that, man. Do you think that that his type of training, right, being in the barn and working on the farm and stuff like that, you think that shit had anything to do, like that kind of helped him as far as grip-wise, right? Because that's hard man work. Have you ever carried hay? A bale of hay. Dog, you hold on, hold like? on, hold on one second. Let's take this time right here, okay? Homie, ask me that again. <laughs> Have I ever what? Have you ever carried or attempted to carry? Because I don't think you'd be able to put your scrawny little hands, your delicate soft hands around it and grip it tight enough. First of all, first of all, yes, I have, as a matter of fact, <laughs> punk, because you know that my father-in-law has dairies out there in California and we went out and I went out there. Well, so yes, you know that that shit is not that easy. That shit is not easy, dog. Yeah, it's man. heavy. You, you get calluses on that your shit hands. It's not easy, man. He's a country boy, bro. We are talking about, he's corn fed. You know what I'm saying? Nah, Johnny had the, shout out to Johnny, man. Johnny had the best nickname for Brian Mitchell that night, man. He called him country fried steak and I thought that was just Perfect. That's dog. a good one. I think that was just perfect. Nah, dog. he's a stand-up dude too, man. After the fight, don't you know he wanted to donate half his purse to the uh a cause in, in Arkansas, charity in Arkansas, yeah, I think. Man. And then Dana told him afterwards, like, keep it. I'll donate it on your behalf. And then he kind of went out of his way, I think, and still donated. Something. I think he still donated, yeah. but then he said like something along the lines of like, I'm just start like this is just the start of it. You know what I mean? Like basically saying like planting the seed. Exactly. Yeah, that's what he said. And like in terms of like we need Dana White to do more of this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like not just raise the pay, but like if a fighter wants to donate towards yeah. a cause, like match it, put that money up for him. You know what match I mean? It, and yeah. I think that's super dope. Somebody so young in his career that's already forward thinking like that and is dominant. Yeah, man. That's a fan favorite guy. He did dominate. 
and I, and I think he's changing the game in his own way. You know, he he did the whole camel shorts thing. Like he started yeah, this petition cool. with why don't you we have camel shorts? He's a country guy, and they, you know he talked about how he wanted them to make him uh, some shorts before the fight because he was running. You know, he was obviously training, so he didn't have the time to kind of get it done. And uh, Hunter Campbell, which is one of the big guys in in the UFC, helped him facilitate that those shorts to get them done by a company, and that's pretty cool, man. Like he got. A you know big billion dollar Venom, fighting man. league yeah, to to support him, you know, and then after the fight, after the win, by the way, fifteen and zero. Nobody talks about that. Dude's fifteen and zero. Yeah, undefeated. Uh, not only in his you know professional career before the UFC, but also in the UFC, he's like six and zero with these huge wins at the end. Huge wins. Love the fact that he brought charity in. Probably not having a lot of money in his career. Probably very content with little. Very humble guy, man. I'm a fan. Yeah, oh, me yeah, too. Dude. Me too, man. I think it was a. Uh, it was a great performance by him, right? And shout out to Barbosa too because he literally was in the fight the whole time. No, and they they like kind of you know? embrace each other at the end of the fight too. You know, what yeah, I mean? it was something a like, lot of respect there, a lot of camaraderie, a lot of respect, they, the mutual respect for each other. They understood what the fights meant for each one of them, right? And and they were able to you know kind of just kind of share that moment. You know, yeah. it was super dope to see that. I, I you know I get all you know girly about sure. that kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was cool, bro. Because again, uh, Mitchell really put. You know, Barbosa in a bad spot and really had him hurt and really was doing damage. And Barbosa was there for all of it. You know, he wasn't shying away from it. And he was there to just to show Mitchell, like, this is the level that we fight at here in the UFC. You know what I'm saying? And and Mitchell had a lot of respect for that. So that was great to see. And we saw another war. We saw two back-to-back wars because a fight that we weren't expecting to be a war ended up turning into one, right? We had Rafael Dos Anjos taking on uh, Moicano and... Um, bro, fight of the night. Absolutely, and Moicano taking this fight four, day four notice. days notice, five days notice, like resulting in the fight of the at night. A catch weight, that at is a catch weight, unheard yeah. of. And it was five rounds. Five rounds, dude. And this dude went out there, not only put up a real good performance, RDA put but, him up, put it on him too, but, bro. Wow. But he put it on him, dog. You know what I'm wow. saying? Like Rafael really came out strong those first two rounds and beat him up, dog. Like was landing a lot of strikes, was landing a lot of head kicks. Uh, so leg many kicks. highlights in that fight, man, on both sides. Man. And and you know, crazy that uh, Renato Moicano was able to absorb so much damage, but still not like he never broke his will. He broke his face. Yeah. He didn't break his <laughs> yeah, will. He man. didn't break like, his will at all. He was all, still though. there dangerous, still, you know, doing all the cohesive things when, you know, when he's acknowledging certain movements and trying to capitalize on certain counters and, you know, still there. Like the yeah. capacity was still there. His face not so much. <laughs> not so much. And and you you're definitely right, dog. These guys were trying to take each other out, man. You know, like uh Renato has seventy seven of his ninety nine strikes to the head. Dos Anjos, 119 of his strikes, of of 179 strikes went to the head. So these guys were trying to knock each other out, throwing a lot of jabs, really trying to push the pace and really get into each other's face to make the fight exciting because there was a lot of unknown heading into this fight, right? We didn't know if Renato was going to bring that type of fight to to Dos Anjos. And even still, like, for for Dos Anjos, it was like, man, is he really going to come out and be amped for this fight? Is he going to be into this fight? We talked about him being this being the seventh time that a fighter jumps out at the last moment. In the week of the week fight. Week of the fight. Yeah, he has terrible luck. And he has to fight another guy all of a sudden and then come out and win. And that's, that's its own challenge even for a Sheesh. person like RDA, future Hall of Famer, former champ. You know, anybody that's in the fight game, I think, that's not a good situation for no. you. You might have somebody that might come in overweight. They did the catch weight. That's the right thing to do, you know. Especially for a beast like Moicano that that s- says yes to every fight. And you know, we talk about the Russians and we talk about Makachev and we talk about Habib and those guys are amazing. But you know what? He's I respect Brazilian. that guy so much because he took that fight and Makachev denied that fight and they confirmed that he said he didn't want to take that fight. Mm. And if he would have took that fight, and you and I talked about yep. this, you know, come on, man. That guy did not. He doesn't need to take the fight. He has a title shot no matter what. That's the but thing. But if you also take the fight with those circumstances, you just you're ra- a beast, man. You, just, you raise- just don't care. Your stock goes from here to here, all the way and, up. And it's incredible that he didn't. That he said no. That guy's in shape. He's a freaking mauler. He does what Habib does. Incredible that he didn't take the fight. Do that to me was like wow, man. Very interesting. Moicano being the smaller fighter because we all saw the yes, size, difference, size difference. Huge size. Definitely difference. there. That guy took the fight, and the real full 155-er denied the fight. Obviously, he doesn't have a lot to lose, but 
Do you think but that respect. that decision was made because of the opponent that it was in RDA? If it's a different opponent, do you think he might consider it, or do you think that that's just straight up avoidance to to you know to not hurt himself, get hurt, or take a loss before getting a, a title? I shot? think it's that. I think that he didn't want to get hurt or really get some big damage, right? A big cut, unnecessary, unnecessary where he well, knows he has he that title fight. But then don't. But then don't talk the talk if you're not going to take Bam, the fight. You right know what I'm there, saying? Dog. These guys are right fighters, there, man. And and RDA has great wrestling, great jiu-jitsu, great counter punches, and so he he knows that RDA is a whole another threat. Look at the guys sure. he's beat. He's beat some good guys. His most impressive win was Dan Hooker. That Kimura behind the cage, the, uh, you know, behind his arm against the cage. Sick. Great. Sick. But who else has he really, like, impressively won against? Nobody. There's not that many people. Nobody. He takes that fight. That's a hard fight for anybody. anybody. You're right. That's a hard fight for anybody. And look, we've talked about it, right? In order to be that superstar... That you want to be in the UFC, you want to be a headliner, you want to be the guy selling those main pay-per-views and getting paid regardless of who your opponent is or whatever the, the buy is, you need to take those fights. You need to put yourself in front of the fan's face as much as possible and say, hey, here I am, I'm knocking fools out, and I'm taking care of business as much as I can. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And those guys are definitely, definitely doing that, dog. And it was interesting to see him not take the fight. But I get it. When you have such a big opportunity in front of you, like fighting for the championship, it's hard to to give that up and put yourself in a position of risk, right? I so, get it, yeah. It, it, it makes a little bit of sense. It makes a little bit of sense. It does make sense. But, man, what an opportunity, man. And, and opportunities are not granted. No, you no know not what I'm in saying? the UFC, and, and I also think that the people that get the biggest fan bases – are the people that take fights no matter what. They're fighters. I agree. They're fighters' fighters. So you're, it's your favorite fighter's favorite fighter. And I think that he could, he had a really good opportunity to, to create a huge fan base and a huge push, and he didn't. But he did it, and it's Moica okay. And Moicano did. You know and what Moicano I mean? Moicano did. Because even with the loss, we talked about it, he's still going to be a guy that is going to get another shot. Uh, Dana's for sure going to give this guy <sighs> another sure. fight, a big check, and say, hey, Papo, I appreciate what you did for us. Great fight you put on. Come back, do it again. Save the card. Save the card. Save, Save the, the card. card. Save the card. Because that main event, without that, that main event, and just that, with the rest of the fights under that, it would have been really weak, bro. No title fights. It w no title fights for a pay-per-view, bro. It would have yeah. been really, really weak. Um, and, and you know what? Even some people, you know, like my friend Joel here, they seem to think that the main event was kind of weak, right? Because we had a lot of expectations, right? There was, a, there was a lot of shit talking. There was a lot of, you know, a hype for this fight between Kobe Covington and George Masvidal. Obviously, us being 305ers, right? Um, shout out to Empire and Steve and 365. Um, us being 305ers, you know what I mean? Like, we we were expecting fireworks. We were expecting somebody to get knocked out. We were expecting to see big fight, uh, big loads being landed, uh, blows being landed on both sides, guys standing in the middle of the ring and, and really going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. And we didn't get none of that. Bro, bro. And, and our guy didn't win. Like, we sat here and unanimously, our guy didn't <laughs> unanimously chose Masvidal. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and you know, two days later, here we are, and I think I'm going to lead the tune and say Masvidal's done. You know, our friend Davi, he was a big Kobe guy. He was like, Kobe's going to win this fight. Kobe wants it more. He, he was right in the end. But one thing he kept saying all night that's just kind of stuck with me is Masvidal's a one-trick pony. And that's kind of stuck with me, man, because, you know, there was only one moment in the fight, really, where Masvidal looked like he was, you know, capable of, of, of winning that fight. But the whole fight was Kobe. Dominating performance. For sure. Dominating performance on his end. And we, it was lackluster, man, on Masvidal's party. I just, I, would, I was expecting more. I thought he was going to bounce back after these last couple of losses he's had. This is a big fight, you know, probably one of the, the, the bigger ones so far this year with the draw. You know, there's a lot going on around it, and uh, he didn't bring it, bro. Kobe did. Shout out to him, bro. Shout out to Kobe. And shout man. out to Hialeah. For sure, shout out to Hialeah, man. Um, you're right, bro. I don't know if George is done, but obviously I don't think that he's the guy that he thinks he is. You know what I mean? Because he was doing a lot of talking, a lot of, I'm going to knock this guy out, I'm going to punch the, the lights out of this guy, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. And I get it, you're selling a fight. But you got to remember that those words do carry some type of weight, right? Because you have, you have people believing that you're going to do something and paying to see you do something. And when it doesn't work out like that and you don't even really put up a, in my opinion, a real fight, 
right? Because Georgie did a lot of ah, muecas and shit the like same that. Same shit he's yeah. been doing and, the last uh, couple fights. And, uh, we you, all hate you I'm sticking my tongue out. That shit was soft. Like, you didn't hear me calling him a, you know what I mean? And to me, that's like stuff that a loser would do, you know? Not a guy that's a champion, not a, not a guy who's really trying to kick somebody else's ass, right? And what we saw was Kobe come out and stick to his game plan and say, you know what, I'm going to punish this dude. I'm going to do the best thing that I know how to do and do it over and over and over again. And I'm going to hit George and I'm going to make him comfortable and I'm going to hate make him hate that he's in there in this position. And that's what it looked like to me, bro. I felt like George gave up probably in the third round. He Oof. was gassed. You know, he... And we talked about it, man. Look, Kobe looks a lot more solid. His body looks solid. He he looks more in shape. Looks and like he, a real welterweight. He's a real welterweight. You know, if like like uh, you know, UFC says all the time, if Usman is not there, he's the champ. And we're talking about the pound for pound fighter, best fighter in the world. Yeah. Like, think about that. If this guy is not there, he's the champ because he was the interim champ, and he's basically kind of ran through the division, uh, w- with the exception of Usman. Um, now that he beat Jorge, it's like, bro, this guy undoubtedly is the number one contender again again we'll get another shot and guess what he's been the person that has actually beat Usman in a couple rounds he those are the only rounds that Usman has lost he hasn't really lost to anybody else in terms of rounds he hasn't he hasn't um Jorge came in a little pudgy he looked kind of heavy I knew for a fact just by the looking at his frame he was going to be tired because he looked like he still had some water weight in him you know he he didn't look as solid and as lean as Kobe did and lean you know, equates to cardio and longevity. And Kobe had that. That's what he has. That's what he's known for. He's known for to be a machine for five rounds. And, you you know, you're not going to get him tired. So you have to knock him out. And I think the hardest thing for, for George was, you know, he cracked him. And you said something. Mm. Every time Kobe would crack George, George would make the faces. And when George cracked Kobe, that he dropped him, Kobe got up, man. It's no game. Quick. He is not laughing. Yeah, he's not making George, muecas. George didn't pounce, and George didn't go nope. after him and no, try to take him down. It was a great he had shot. He just kind of gave space it and like took that breather. Great shot, man. Great, great shot. He hit him and was like, oh, shit, I caught him. He posted it. And he, but, he, he posted, posted it. it. He posted the shot because that's the only good thing that's that it. he had in that fight. And he was talking in the post. He's talking about like, oh, this isn't over. We're going to run it back. Like, bro, frankly, as a fan of yours, what? I don't want to see you fight this guy again. Me I, I, he destroyed you for five rounds, bro. Go fight somebody else. That go fight, like he's, he's not done in the sense that like he's never fighting in the UFC again. Don't get me wrong. No, nah, he just signed that for contract. the title run. He just, exactly. Yeah, for the title, he's, gonna he's far a, he's from gonna that. Be, yeah, he's he's gonna, we've he's been talking, the, the word's been thrown around tonight, gatekeeper. Uh, George, yes. George is going to be He'll take gatekeeper. the paychecks too. Yeah, and that's what he's been doing. That's why he's been running his mouth and doing all these antics and stuff like that. But, you know, that's it, man. At this point, it's like, I'm sorry, man. I can't keep giving you my fandom it's kind of like connor towards the end and like mm. now like it depends who connor's fighting like it used to be all in and now it's like i gotta think twice about that you know what i'm you saying know why because you believed him right you believed right. in him you're like this guy's done this 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 and this all the way to this point yep and and then once they start kind of losing that that belief from the fans it's the same thing that's happening to jorge like when he beat nate diaz we're like wow this guy kicked Nate Diaz in the face. You know, doctor stoppage, cut him a couple times. Nate Diaz Kick is a bad ass. motherfucker. Yep. Nate Diaz is a bad That's why they were fighting for the Banff title. <laughs> right. The bad. Um, the, the BMF. The BMF. Yeah, it wasn't the Banff. It was the Banff. <laughs> I said, well, whatever. Anyways, we're but. We're still a little hungover. You know what, man? All in all. But hold was, on. Uh, I wanted to say something. Sorry to cut no, you no, off. Go ahead. With, with this fight, you know, something that we all alluded to, alluded to is that we w- had a lot of expectations, right? And we only really got it from one side, which is Kobe Covington. Kobe Covington did what he said what he was going to come and do, right? He came to punch George in the mouth, came to make the fight a, you know, a dirty fight and all this stuff. And he accomplished he everything. Everything that he said he was going to do, he accomplished it. On Georgie's side, you're right, George. He, he uh, Jesse, he looked weak. He looked out of shape. He didn't look, you know, like a true MMA fighter, a guy who's hungry, right? He looks like he's happy, Eating those, che- uh, you know, eating well, right? Sleeping on those silk sheets, like you know, her wearing Versace robes, all that shit. So that makes it hard. In mansions in Broward. That makes it hard to be a, a a MMA killer, right? When you have all that luxury and stuff like that, and you're not dedicated to the grind like that, I just find it hard to make it. And look, that's probably why. Um, Usman is the champ and Kobe isn't, right? Because Kobe likes that flashy shit. Meanwhile, while Kobe's doing that, Usman's in the gym. Usman's chilling with his fam. He's taking care of his business. You know what I mean? Working on stuff in Africa or whatever, right? 
in that type of energy. It's a whole nother level it's of mental whole, toughness, man. That guy, and level. Kobe's up there because we saw <clears throat> that he, you know, he was not taking any steps back for five rounds. 25 minutes, you take zero steps back. That's against a guy that's a better striker. Right. You know, and we talked about it, man. He lost a lot of the small, you know, small transitions. He was losing those that led to the big transition that right. put him in the bad spot. And you both, you and I both kind of made, uh, you know, a sound when he went down and he was on it on, you know, had him in the north south choke position. Right. And he kind of tricked George to go left. And then he spun the counter rotation and got his back. And we knew, OK, this guy is just on another level for wrestling. He, George is done. Because if yeah. you're not landing your strikes and you're not counter wrestling, then there's only one one uh you know one uh, outcome one outcome, outcome yeah, for that. For sure. So yeah, thanks for that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, man. So that was impressive. On a good on good, good fight by Kobe. You know what I mean? And and a lot left to be desired by George. Um, kind of sucks because like I said, we're three oh fivers and we had George's back. Um, man, but Kobe still do, reps Hialeah though. But so Kobe reps Hialeah and, and and right now right now as far as the MMA world. Kobe's the king of Miami, dog. You got to give it to him. He's the king of Miami. That's He's the king of Miami. Give it to him. Give I didn't want to give it to him. Nope. No, he nobody it. wanted he, to he give it to him. But he went it. out he there and it. earned it. He went out there and earned it. You know what yeah. I mean? So nah, All in all, great great 305 night, boys. Great 305 yeah, night, man. 305 night, man. Yeah. Thanks to you guys for tuning in. Like I said, um, we're going to try to make that happen again, obviously, for something else. Maybe a little bit more private. We'll get more details as we go along. I just can't plan it. You guys got to plan it. Yeah, we'll stay on top. We'll figure it out. Spirals out of control. Um. Man, something that's pretty much in control, you know what I mean? And, Jesse, I know you, you're going to enjoy this topic. Um, let's talk about our heat, man. Uh, we knew that they had a tough stretch of games coming up, right? Uh, they had that game against Chicago that we were able to see them win last week and then follow that up with games against Milwaukee, games against Brooklyn, and games against Philadelphia. And we got two victories out of those three, which is not bad at all, right? Well, three out of the four, if you're including that, including that Bulls that, game. That Bulls game yeah. Um, but yeah, we we lost the the Milwaukee game. That was a tough one. That was tough, man. We lost that game one twenty to one nineteen on the road. Last at, second, last we second. had that game in the bag, dog. Well, here's we here's my thing, least. right? And you know, I'm gonna bash a little bit on Gabe Vincent right now in Spolstra, but I'm gonna show them some love later, so don't get too mad at me, all right? But Gabe, on that deciding play, right, I don't know if you guys noticed, it was 118 to 119, right? The Heat were already up. Milwaukee had come down and made two baskets already, and we were struggling to get the ball even going offensively, right? Didn't have good possessions at all down that stretch. We get into the inbound play with, like, maybe a couple of seconds left, and we have Gabe Vincent doing the inbound throw, right, which is one of the shortest guys on the on the team. And I'm thinking to myself, damn, right. Spo. Why not put Bam there? He's a great passer. You know what I mean? P.J. Tucker, a great passer. Hell, even put Jimmy there. We don't need a bucket. We need somebody to catch it. And then, you know, that person's going to hit two free throws. And when I saw Gabe there, man, like me and my boys were talking about it, and I was like, damn, dog, that's not the guy you want there. And sure enough, bad pass, tough pass. First time they, it happened. We had to call a timeout. We had to call a timeout. Yep. And then again, come back after that. Throws it up to Jimmy. Into, he's double covered, basically. Jimmy Catches it, but then Giannis kind of hits it. He kind of got fouled. It could have been a semi-foul. 50-50. But they drop him to the ground, take the ball, and then, you know, they they, pers- they continue to put the layup up. But I get but that, again, so. Again, I, it's but Gabe I can't, if you want it, No, man. We can't even blame it on Gabe, bro, because Gabe had a good game, and he's he not did. that guy. But somebody that, you know what, I want to put blame on for that game? Go Tyler ahead. Hero. I want to put Damn, blame on Tyler Hero in that rough, game. Dog. Yeah, bro, because he's our guy. He had 30 and, points and that game. Dog. I understand that, right? I understand he had a phenomenal game for us right? scoring-wise because Jimmy wasn't having a great game and we were no. kind of looking for points and we didn't have it. But he had two big, two very big turnovers yeah. at the end of that game Crucial. that Crucial. helped them continue that run they were right. on. And we we can't have that from that guy. Gabe Vincent, you tell me Gabe Vincent messes up the inbound pass? Hey, bro, I mean, it's Gabe Vincent. No, what did hell we no. Wait, 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 Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero giving away the ball twice in, in, in the fourth quarter when the game's wait, on the line? Wait, wait, That's unacceptable, buddy. Wait, 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 wait. Here's what we're going to do, right? We're going to hold all of these guys accountable as hell, right? Obviously. So so I feel you. But to use Gabe as the scapegoat but, but is here, where I got to draw the line. Nah, but here's, the, here's why I wouldn't put Hero in that scapegoat position, right? Because, yeah, he had those two turnovers but he's also learning how to play point guard in a in in this season by sheer will right because Lowry's been in and out Oladipo's not back yet right and 
and Gabe Vincent has to step in. We don't have anybody else to to really initiate offense or, or take care of the offense from the point guard position. So, yeah, you know, he was going to have those learning blocks. What was Gabe Vincent's stat line for that game? Do you have that in front of you? No, nah, I don't have it. I don't have it. No worries. I'll pull it up. Real pull quick. it up. Yeah, I, got, I got you. The only thing that matters is that two. one guy was way off, and we know this dude is struggling right now offensively, and that's Jimmy. Two of 14, six points. Yeah, you can use him too. You can say that we lost that game because of Jimmy Butler as well. And for but sure. to say that on the but, last play of the game, we lost it because of this guy, absolutely. we should have never been in that that's position spo, is my point. That's a spoke yes. gape thing. But once you're in that position, you need that's crunch time. That's when the mind has to take over. If Jimmy points, plays man. better. 21 points. That's what he had, Vincent. Thank you. Points. Thank you. Perfect. That's what we need. But, you but see, to say that we lose that game because of him on that play, I say nay. We lost that game because Jimmy Butler, our number one guy, had a horrible game that night, and we have bad decision-making and turnovers from our second guy in Tyler Hero. We should have never been in that position. They went on like a 14-2 run in the fourth quarter. Where were we at? What were we yeah, doing? I collective disagree, effort, man. That was a collective loss right there. I'll take that over but, blaming but, one guy. But you know nah. what, though? I, I didn't like that. I, I agree with you. I didn't like Vincent tossing the ball. You called it. He called a five, He literally called a timeout on the five-second, like literally right, right before there. the cusp. And then my adjustment for Spo would have been like, okay, he might have a little bit of trouble to inbound the ball. Switch put, it up. Put somebody bigger. Put put maybe even bam. Throw it in. You know, run around. Give it to you know. Put your shooters out there so they can shoot the free throw and and, and keep it going. Um, but I do have a little. I put a little bit of blame on Spo because he could have right. made that adjustment. You're the coach. These guys are the players, man. And if you had that one opportunity that you saw, okay, you know that was good defense on from the opponent. Make the adjustment. Call, make the call. Hey, get in. Switch it out. Put Duncan Robinson's a little. Talk. I don't know. Make an adjustment. Something, I'm not the coach. Something. Something. And 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 I agree with you, dog. It's hard to just put it all on Gabe, right? But Jimmy Butler, but he, six points. Yes, yeah, he was like two, two for two 15. for fourteen. Yeah, dog. two for fourteen. I, I feel you. But again, Joel, look, <laughs> what are we doing? It's it's a compound of things, right? The turnover kills us, right? Between Gabe and and Jimmy, that shit kills us. And then the guy who gets scored on and gets the layup scored on him is Gabe because he took a defensive bad posi- a bad position on the defense and he let Buddy drive him all the way to the all the way to the lane, dog. There was like eight seconds left and he dribbled it all the way to the to the basket dog that's bad defense and it just so happened to be that it was Gabe Vincent I feel you it's not that whole game isn't on him that yeah. game is probably on Spo more than anybody yeah, else right I agree we man. can all agree on that right because Spo yeah. has some questionable things at that point you see Jimmy struggling like that you got to be the one to go tell him hey my dog pass that rock yeah you're like it, I get it you're trying to get shoot your way out of it but pass that rock help us win this game you know what I mean, and and Jimmy didn't do that. Whatever you for whatever reason, um, but again, like it was, that game was just like a weird turn of events, right? From being all, all up- in all, all in all, we lost to the defending champs, champs by one point in a last second game on the road, where our number one guy didn't have a good game, and we're short. So up yes, I'm upset. You're, we're upset with that loss, but. The Heat did what the Heat had been doing all year, and we bounced back. We turned it around after that. We got our shit together in the next two. Absolutely, man. And the Heat are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. So that that's even more impressive, right? That one of those losses are to the defending champs, right? That shit's going to happen. But it's like Joel alluded to right now. The Heat bounced back and get a really impressive victory against Brooklyn. We end up beating them 113-107. to 107. And I say it was really impressive because that was a comeback win. We were down pretty much that whole three quarters. And then in that mid-third quarter, you saw a change in the intensity of how we were playing defense and we just really came out and shut down their their defense and Kevin Durant was on fire he had just got back from injury that game and I'm they thinking were, to they myself were, they were out uh, who no they had Kyrie and they had Kevin Durant they had them both they yeah. had them both but even still like I'm watching that game or right before the game I'm like okay you know Maybe Durant doesn't have it just yet. He'll probably drop 25 nah, points. Yeah, That's right. the best player in the world this when he's healthy. A killer, dog. Even well, when he's well, barely healthy. Let me, let, let <laughs> me tell you shit. something. You said he's the best player in the mm. world. I don't know if I agree with that, but mm. I'll tell you one thing. Nah, now he, you got to tell us afterwards who you got. Listen, <laughs> hey, he, he couldn't cover Bam. He couldn't cover Bam. Bam, I'll say that. Bam couldn't destroyed cover. the Brooklyn couldn't Nets. Cover. He, does, he didn't even try. He would see him get the ball. Like one foot in the paint, and he would literally get out of the way. I saw him do that three or four times. And if you want to call somebody the best player in the world, you got to be a two way player. You're not the best player in the world. Mm, like LeBron, mm. LeBron is, uh, you know, he, you obviously see him prime. He's, you know, kind of softly, you know, declining, but a he's lot. still there. Yeah, he dropped 50 the other night. Yeah, 50 the other night. That's true. Uh, but, 
But anyway, look, he's there. We we don't know what that what that guy's gonna finish his career. I think he's gonna finish his career on top. I don't think he's gonna just ride it out and grind it out. Right. Uh, but I think that if you're gonna call somebody the best player in the well, world, well, I mean, we I feel as you. a collective, that, that's we, fair, dog. That's fair. As a collective, though, I would argue that. Kevin Durant is a good two-way player because of the fact that he is lanky, he is athletic, he takes two steps and he's across the court already, and he can he can cover pretty much any position. He's tall enough and big enough that he can cover big guys, and he's quick enough that he can cover the small guys. But but you got to have a certain type of desire to play that top level defense, and maybe he saves it for the offense, for, or maybe he yes. saves maybe he saves it. You know the, that that top tier defense for when it's a playoff game, which maybe. Is, that has something to be said about what kind of player you are, but. Again, that's that's either here. I would say that he's much better of a two way. Like when, uh, when you think about like a powerful offensive player like James Harden. Harden, all we we all know, great Zero offensive defense. juggernaut, but defensively, the dude sucks. He 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 can cover. He chooses not to. Yeah, though. he just chooses. And not Dur- to. Durant, I would argue, there he's a much better defender. Here's in something terms of I that. think we can all agree when it comes to Durant. Right, I think that we can just say that he's probably the most gifted offensive player. In the game or ever, ah, right? Damn, but then we because, can argue. No, no, because honestly, I guess because of how many ways he can attack. He, he can, can go just to the do rim. It all. Yeah, 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 he can yeah. do it. He all. has that over Steph. Because I automatically thought Steph. I'm like, nah. uh, he, yeah, he can do bro, it all. He's a and, big guy, and, he, and he's tall, which makes him even harder yeah. to defend. Right, he can so take it to the rim. That's why I say from gifted three, offensive. The mid range yeah. is money. Yeah, he, yeah, I totally but, get. But that. to bring it back to the game, you know, that this game was real impressive on so many levels. Right, no Jimmy, no Lowry. Uh, being down in the third quarter and then just turning it up and going all the way up, literally, and coming back. You mentioned Bam. He had 30 points and 11 rebounds, had 19 points in the first half alone, yes. which is the things that I want to see. You know, like that last game against Milwaukee, he only had 18 points and 12 rebounds. And I feel like for us to even have a chance to win any game, right, playoffs or not, Bam has to hit 20 points, like yep. minimum. Yep. You know, I know you're the double-double guy. Get the 20, not 18. Get the 20 and 12, the 20 and 11, you right. know. And and this game, he was just on fire offensively, bro. And so did, so was Max Struess and freaking Caleb Martin, bro. Both of those guys had over 20 points. Struess with 21. Um, Martin ended up with 22. Both of those guys shot over 50% from three. Hero, we saw another good game from him. 27 points, eight assists. Again, like that number of assists, that's why I was like, man, you know, I've really seen a development in his game just by force, right? Where he's been a lot better offensively, um, not only with the scoring, but also with the assists now. You know what I'm saying? Because in the third quarter, you'll see him get his points already. And in the fourth quarter, he knows he has 20-something points already. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to pass up this this three to Martin. I'm going to give yeah. this three to Struz. I'm going to look for P.J. Tucker in the corner. And, and just make other guys have a better night. Very and, unselfish team this year, man. We we pretty, yeah. we're pretty much a consistently unselfish team throughout the last couple of years. I think that Spo wants uh, multiple options in every play, and we're trying to find the best option for that play. For but sure. uh, I like I like the you know the ball movement. Everybody's very unselfish, and I like that everybody celebrates their peers' success. And you don't get that in every team. You, nope. you know, sometimes no, you, you don't, don't have that camaraderie. These guys are celebrating each other. No, nah, they, they love each other. Uh, yeah, they do. You see Oladipo's passion, man, on the you know on, on the sidelines. He's just dying he, to get back out is, there. Which is, I mean, as we're recording this, he probably is out there right yeah, now. He's probably jumping they're on playing, there. Now. They're playing right now. Yep. Um, they're taking on who is it? They're taking on tonight. The right Rockets. Now the, Rockets. the Rockets. They're taking the Rockets, yeah. and they're down at the end of the first quarter. Um, but yeah, that was a great win, man. That Brooklyn game yep. was a great win, and we saw that momentum completely carry into that Saturday matchup against the 76ers. Because by the time I got to Joel's for the for the fight night, I'm looking at this game and I'm like, damn, the Heat are really putting it to freaking Philadelphia. Like, what's going on, Philly? Like, was was wouldn't be the MVP type year and all this stuff? And it was just a straight ass whooping. It wasn't even like a blowout. It was eighty. It was ninety nine to eighty two. Right, seventeen point win. But the way that we made it look, it was just, man. In effortless. My, it it was, was almost effortless. Dog, honestly, it was the easiest game I've seen them play yeah. against a against a contender. Yeah. Not just any team, right? A contender who's supposed to be a playoff opponent, a real tough game for us. And we just whooped their ass well, and shut them down. And Bam had a bad night, too. He had six points, but they real bad have night. Harden. That's one thing. That Whatever. We didn't have Lowry. Lowry. I'm just saying, he's still not integrated into that team, so that's something big. <laughs> yes, we didn't have Lowry. Right. I get that, but we still had Tyler Hero. We still had Jimmy Butler, who finally bounced back. He had a pretty good game, 21 yep. points. Yep. So the um, Hero. Yeah, Hero also had 21. Um, who else did you have? Vincent, 16. Um, and then you had a plethora of guys just kind of score a bucket here and there. Nobody really crazy. Like, we did, you look at our performance, and it wasn't anything to your point. Like, you know, like impressive. Like, oh my God, the heat ball. There was just so much. Like, it was the, a 
efficiency, Sixers, dog. The Sixers just scrubbed it out that game. It was just efficiency Honestly. on our part. On our part, because you mentioned Gabe Vincent, you know, and we're going to show him some love right now. He shot four of six from the three point line, right? Um, and again, every every game that he's filled in for Lowry has been a real good game for him. Rare are the times where we can point to him like, damn, this guy was two of twelve. Jesus Christ, and we we need help big time. We need a point guard. We need this. No, everybody's been super comfortable with Gabe Vincent. Everybody's been super happy with his performance. And when he's in the game, it's like, yeah, he can do some things offensively. I'm not mad at him taking a shot. I'm not mad at the ball rotating to him, you know what I mean? And for him to do something, whether it's cut to the basket and try to, like, do a driving dish or something like that. But Gabe is really taking on this role and running with it, bro. And Joel and I talked about it um, a couple of weeks ago. It's crazy to see how much... excuse me, how much the unlikely heroes are becoming more and more consistent at being unlikely heroes, bro. Incredible how the Heat put together this formula that, you know, we pump out these diamonds in the roughs, man, from the G League and from, you know, we don't even, I don't even know. I I like it. We keep pulling out these players, you know, Max Struess and and Gabe Vincent are making less than two million. Those two guys, you know, Gabe Vincent, one thing that I, you know, I really want to mention is, man, his handles are incredible like yes. i trust him with the ball as a very fan. much very like, much give it to except Gabe. when he's inbounding it not against a guy who's seven except feet tall inbounding the ball <laughs> that's that's just that's just us putting him in a bad spot doggy we're All putting right. him in a bad spot yeah, yeah. we don't um, trust him on the sidelines we trust him on the on court, the court one, with the ball in his hands go for it gabe go for it every time one thing i, I do want to point out i've been here doing a little bit more research on the exact numbers but our last four games in reverse order, starting with the the Saturday game against the Sixers, Seven, uh-huh. we had thirteen turnovers. Sheesh. Game prior to that against Brooklyn, thirteen turnovers. The game before that against Milwaukee, ten turnovers, and the win against the Bulls, fourteen turnovers. Wow, double digits turnovers in our last four games. Granted, we're three out of you know, one, three out of the last four, but. That right there is a red flag. We need to control that. We but need you, to tighten up. But you that know right what there, that is, though, right? You know what that is, though. Tell me. It's Kyle Lowry not being there, dog. Mm. Because I agree. Because we got him back tonight. We got so him back tonight. Tonight's going to be the, and yeah, we got Victor Oladipo tonight, tonight, right? Too. Yeah. So I now Oladipo's playing though, but. but but I'm sure he'll play at some point, right? But it's like you and I were talking about Joel. Like we need a point guard, and right now we have to go by by committee. Number one is going to be Gabe. He's going to get the start because he's the most point guard-like, right? He's really good, like uh, Jesse said, with his handles. Joel knows he's a great passer, and we've seen that he has that shooting touch more often than not. But then we'll have that backup of Tyler Hero when he comes in with the second squad, and he's playing with Struess and Martin and and Duncan Robinson or or playing off of Jimmy, where he feels more comfortable with the passing and stuff like that, and he's bound to make stupid throws and stuff like that, you know, stupid passes, because he's learning on the job. Um, But, like, I don't see that really being a problem once um, Lowry comes back into the fold full-time. Right, because then again, our our point guard will be set in stone. Game Vincent would be the backup again, who, a guy we know he can do the job in those small amount of minutes. And then worst case scenario, we have another point guard in reserve in Oladipo. And if he can give us anything, anything close to like what Gabe Vincent is giving us, then we're gonna be in a really strong position he- moving forward. Yep. One thing I wanted to point out real quick about that game against Philadelphia, man, our defense was again. That's what made that game look so easy for us. We held those guys to thirty four percent shooting. Um, from the field goal and we held those guys to only seven three points made they shot 41 threes that game Philadelphia did and yeah, it, was a, had, it, was, it was a rough game for them and that's just our defense the Sixers. their highest scorer that game was Embiid with 21 points and granted he can't be their highest scorer but their, their next highest scorer was Tobias Harris with 16 points that's weak and they had one of their starters put up a goose egg like that's nobody's gonna win like that yeah, but not, they ain't gonna win against us when you have not, Bam. Hell no. Hell no. not, not against us. Not, not against us and when you have Bam or be look, New York like that we, we've seen you know the evolution of Bam and we saw when when Embiid used to dog up Bam Almost Boy. every game. Every and look, game. Bam didn't have a good offensive game, but no, man, that guy does not give game. up on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. And he made it what he did is like, I'm not scoring the ball, well, I'm going to make it difficult for him. And you saw that in the game. Yep. Yeah, man. Good for us, though, because we get more pizza mañana, you know what I mean? Yeah. And especially <laughs> with these next home, get all three hopefully, games being at home, right? Hopefully, by the yeah. time you're hearing this, you're you're able to order pizza as we're playing the Rockets while we record this. But coming up this week, great homestand. Play the Suns on Wednesday, play the Cavs on Friday, and then Saturday, we play the Timberwolves. 
Um, Another three playoff teams that we're going to be facing. Right? Uh, Phoenix is a really good how, playoff how team the in the West. Wolves doing right now? They're hanging in there. You know what I mean? But they can make. They could. They're going to be in that uh, that race for the play in. Yeah, they're like eighth seed or seventh seed. Yeah, because we know there. the Suns. We know the Suns. What they can do. The Cavs surprisingly have been. We've talked oh, about uh, it on the a show. Real good team so far. So far this year, they they've got some good pieces and they're you know they're in good position. Yeah, they're, 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 they're playing very consistently. Right? And then I didn't know about the Timberwolves. So so again, three good games at home. Three good games. Three three playoff teams, right? Or potential playoff teams with. Obviously, no, with everything to lose. So they're going to be bringing their best effort, knowing that they're going to be on the road and p- facing a tough opponent like the Heat are right now. Um, interesting to see how the Heat are going to handle this, man. Uh, right now, we got a three-game lead on Chicago in the East. With 16 games left. 16 games left. This homestand right here could be very pivotal, right, on how much space we give ourselves in order to maybe rest some guys towards the end of the season, oh, maybe bring some guys in, beautiful. right, maybe give Oladipo some more minutes, like, hey, we don't need you this next game, but this next game, that doesn't mean anything. Get ready to play 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And you Morris know? as well. And Morris, too. Work him back into the fold. Just really get ready for the playoffs, bro, because, yeah. man. Line them up, man. We got to line them up. Line them up, ready. dog. Get them ready and, and really head into the playoffs healthy, strong, with a clear vision and, and with a clear opportunity to get to the to the Eastern Conference Finals, man. That's our goal right now. Get to the Eastern Conference Finals because once we get there, anything can happen. And we know how dangerous we are when it comes to game, like series like that. When you put championships on the line or put championships in front of us. I like our third stringers. Yeah, Just man. Like yeah, man. Stringers. Yeah, man. It's going to be great to see, bro. Um, another team we got to give a little bit of love to right now is the Florida Panthers, man. The Florida Panthers have been able to bounce back off of that terrible, terrible, terrible three-game losing streak at home. And um, they were able to bounce back and get two straight victories against two tough opponents. The Ottawa Senators, like Joel and I had talked about on the last podcast, right? They beat them 3-0. And then Shut they- out, 3 Zip. Yep. And they needed that, you know. And then again, to repeat that performance against another really good team in Detroit, beat them 6 to 2. Um, it's just really, you know, nice to see those guys turn it around and really get to a level where they feel comfortable being back at home. Mines. Obviously, they've worked out whatever little kinks they had to work out between the team. And um, they suffered a little bit of it because Tampa was able to sneak into that number one spot in the Atlantic division. They have mm. 80 points. Panthers sitting there in second place at 79. And that three-game losing streak is what really stands out right now as far as, like, what did the, the Panthers season killer say? right there for Not us. necessarily the season killer. But yeah, it's not a season killer. It's definitely, but it's definitely a momentum killer. Yeah, and it, I mean, it hurts for the long term for the bigger picture, you mm. know, the, the the home ice advantage, man. Um, there's still 20-some games, 22, 23 games left in the season. Um, and, you know, we're, we got two good wins, so who knows? If we can snap, you know, a five, six-game win streak here, maybe, um, then, you know, maybe that rubs that blemish away. And we also got to hope, I guess, for Tampa Bay to kind of skid a little bit. and, and, and A lot of it. Yeah, but, you know, anything is still possible. There's still plenty of hockey left. But we can't – we definitely – one thing that cannot happen is we can't have another – um, losing streak like this. Uh, nope. I mean, we it, we can lose a game here and there in a tough one, a tight one, but to lose three in a row, Papa. That that's no. a, if we do that again, that I can tell you right now, that'll be a, a season killer for Absolutely, us. Absolutely, man, because we have already seen the effect that it has. Right, Carolina was able to keep winning. They're at thirty nine wins with twelve losses, eighty three points. Tampa Bay still winning, thirty seven wins, twelve losses, eighty points. And then the Panthers are there at third with 37 wins, 13 losses, 79 points. So those three extra losses, had the Panthers gotten even like one lo- one loss and just got a, a win and, a, and, a, and a, an extra point, they'd be sitting number one. But that's how tight that race is right there for that, for that Eastern Conference or Atlantic Division. Eastern Conference and then, of course, the Atlantic Division itself between us and Tampa Bay. Um, shit, I didn't think the Panthers were going to be in this position, you know what I mean? Because I really felt that they were strong enough to carry that momentum throughout the entire year, but hockey is rough like that, yeah, bro. Yeah, hockey's rough, man, but you know what? I, what I love about this team is th- they have a lot of good strikers. Uh, that last game was 6-2. to two. There's five different players that scored a goal, mm. and, you know, uh, Anton Lundell had two goals, uh, you know, really crafty shots, and, uh, you know, it's pretty impressive to have six goals and five different guys. I think Hell that's yeah. pretty impressive. Hell yeah. I mean, like, when you look at the team statistics, right, it's like you said. You have guys with over 15 goals on this season. And as a team, right, as a team, that's really hard to 
to balance, right? Because you have guys wanting to have more ice time. You have guys who want to be on certain sides of the of the formations and whatnot, right? But you have the Panthers just really be an unselfish team, you know? We're, they're obviously led by uh, their leader, Barkoff, right? Um, he has 25 goals, but then right behind him, you have the very dangerous Sam Barnett. He assisted on three out of those six goals. It's nasty, bro. <laughs> All he does is score points. Or, I think or he's, put people in position. He's top to five score. right now in the NHL when it comes to points, dog. Like, this dude is having a remarkable season. Yeah. Huber though or having a remarkable season you know but just on the go- on the goal side or the offensive side like Jesse was alluded to you have Duclair with 21 goals uh, Huber there 18 goals Sam Reinhardt 18 goals uh, Verhage with 16 goals Ekbert at 16 Lundell at 14 like those guys are all like right there and that's just a mad offensive output that we're getting from these guys and it's crazy yep. you know um, like I said when it comes to points Huber though is really kicking ass when it comes to that and really separating himself from the rest of the pack when it comes to the team he has 76 points oh, next took one away yeah man the, the next highest guest, um, Sam Bennett. No, close. It's actually Barkov with 52. Okay. So he has 24 points on all those guys within his team. That just shows you how important that guy is. And when we lost him last year, we were, like, devastated. So now having this guy back for that playoff push, I really think it's going to make the difference, man. I hope it does. I mean, we need it. Right now they're they're playing as we record this, so hopefully by the time you're hearing this, we have another win. Uh, Pizza mañana. Uh, on the road right now, they're up two zero. They had they had one go. They had another goal, and they just got taken away. I'm not watching it, but I'm just looking at the mm. the scoreboard. And then uh, we're still on the road against the Penguins um, tonight. By the time you're hearing this, right? And uh, we play again uh, Thursday and Friday. So no Thursday, Thursday and Sunday. I'm sorry. Yeah, Thursday and Sunday. Thursday is at home. Sunday's back on the road for another another four. What is six it? Five game. six game. Seven, seven game, game road trip. Road trip, Sheesh. man. So shit, that's gonna be tough right there. Well, again, this if you have ambition to be a Stanley Cup champion, right, you know that the road is not going to be tough. And you know that you're going to have to beat good hockey teams on the road. Yep. The Panthers have been able to grow this enormous lead and really take advantage of having so many games at home that eventually that the paid pipe, uh, you're going to have to pay the piper and yep. play on the road to finish the season. Now, you have all these games on the road before you got to finish the season. Panthers are really going to have to show that they can win on the road. And get more games because we know that they can do it at home, but they've always struggled at, on the road. And if you want to win the Stanley Cup, you got to win at least two games on the road, in my opinion. So, especially in the playoffs. Um, Doggy, let's go watch this Heat game. Let's go catch it. <laughs> Oladipo confirmed. Oladipo has played some minutes. That's he hasn't cool, done anything, man. but he's hey, already been in the game. That's already right, a huge step. That's, that's something I want to go check out. March so 7th is the day that we had Oladipo back, baby. And that's the day that we're going to the ship. No, nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there little by little. Jesse, man. Yeah, hey, brother, thank you again me. for joining us, dog. We appreciate that. Joel, you know what time it is, man. We got to tell the people. Tell them what? To tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell one more friend. To tell them one more friend. That this podcast is doing things that no other podcast in South Florida is doing. Mm -hmm. We're bringing you sports on a local level, on a national level, and doing a bunch of events to keep you guys entertained. We got 365 Flag Football coming to you guys soon. It just dropped tonight. Stay on the YouTube channel. You're going to see some content dropping this week around that and 30 Fight Night. Yes, sir. So make sure you guys are subscribed to our YouTube channel. Hit that like button. Drop a comment. Let us know what you think. And And until next time. Subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe. Peace. Peace.